say hi. Hi. I'm Amber Rodriguez, and you're watching The Recount Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. And like always, it seems to be recently, uh, when you work for Free 99 and hot dogs and a handshake, you run out of hot dogs and you can't give out handshakes because of COVID, uh, your team doesn't want to show up. So it's just me running the show for like the 80 millionth time. It is what it is, but you know, your boy's got this handle. So let's get this started. This is now Entering the Ring, which means one thing. We have a special guest for you. This man can be found at Outbreak. You can find this man at PPWWWA. You can find this at EPWE AMP Brawl. And he is the Jaded Angel. Welcome to the show, Draven Blaze. Hey, thank you for having me. Man, happy I'm, to be here. I'm so hyped about this right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, you there's there's a lot of wrestlers that you like get hyped about and for some reason, like the whole time I was like, yo, I know I need to get Draven on the show. And I just like, I was like, yeah, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get it. And then I was just like, why have, pull this train? Let me go get this man really quick. Cause he's, <laughs> I'm very accessible. So. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is that, um, cause a lot of people who like watch the show know that Sicken is like, it's my trainer and Sicken right. is well connected and Sicken's like, you haven't had Draven on yet. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've known Sicken for quite a few years. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said, too. He was like, yeah. he's such a good dude. Go talk to him. I was like, I will. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But, yeah, once again, man, thank you for coming on the show and coming to hang out with us for a little bit. Yeah, not a problem. So the first question I ask every single person that comes on this show, who is Draven Blaze? Uh, well, the character or the person? <laughs> Why not That's- both? <laughs> All right. So the person, um, uh, my real name is Charles Durning. Um, I'm a father, like first and foremost, um, I have seven kids. Um, uh, my oldest is 15 years old. My youngest is nine months. So, uh, yeah, so variety of ages, boys and girls. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's the major part of my life there. Uh, I live in Jim Thorpe right now, but, uh, uh, we're going to be relocating to Florida, um, this year. So, um, that's, I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, some I wanted to be, uh, been wanting to do again, uh, since I moved back up here, um, born in Philadelphia, um, true Pennsylvanian, I guess you could say. But, uh, other than that, I love food. Um, like really, really love food. I love to cook, um, mostly Italian. So, uh, if you're a man and you're Italian and you're, grandparents or your your mother didn't teach you how to cook then you know i, I feel sorry for <laughs> but uh but yeah that's that's the person in a nutshell and uh as the character um plain and simple is a guy who he's been wrestling for so long he, something snapped in his head and uh he had this revelation uh, i guess in a dream or whatever that uh god uh, turned him used his body as a vessel for an angel to come down and clear the sins of professional wrestling wrestling sucks and needs to be fixed and you're the one that can do it you're the jaded angel you're jaded you've been wrestling for how long and you need to set things straight you need to clean you need to clean the mess up so as a as a heel the jaded angel is a uh 
he's got a God complex, you know, God's not here. I am praise me. I'm right in front of you. You know, you praise me, you're praising God as a face. It's more or less of the, you know, God sent me down here to compete. I'm here to compete and you got to get on my level because I'm the Janet angel, blah, 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 blah. So either way, like the character has a little bit of a cockiness to him, a little bit of uh, real self-assured. Uh, he's very self-assured. Um, it's, it's more geared honestly towards being a heel the way that the character comes out and he, his his promos are better as a heel. His his demeanor in general is better as a heel. As a face, it's, it kind of like comes off as just like generic baby face. Um, but uh, but he really shines as a heel. And uh, that's the Jaded Angel. And uh, a little sneak preview into the future. Um, I am actually starting my own religion under the Jaded Angel. So it's going to be called the Church of the Jaded Angel. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be a mix of a pagan and a Christian church because I myself am pagan and Christian, um, so I'm really good with Jesus, but I'm really big in the pagan life. Um, so I'm gonna actually I'm literally starting a church, um, and it's it, it, it started out as, as a joke because of the jaded angel gimmick, and uh, now it's it's going to turn into a reality because of it. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome though, man. <laughs> like absolutely. It has, yeah, it has something so like, you know, it's it's crazy to we the way like things like form and evolve, right? And not I could be honest cuz I've I've I pretty much I don't know if I've ever told this story like on the air, but like the reason why my name is even nicknamed the Red Dog was cuz like all the kids in elementary school we used to call me Clifford the Big Red Dog. Like, <laughs> make fun of me about it and I used to get so frustrated like as a kid, but then like junior year like it one of my friends who liked hip hop, like introduced me to like a bunch of different rappers and like, okay. like my whole demeanor changed. And I was like, yo, that's actually kind of cool. It was like the red dog. And like, it's gone everywhere with me. And it's like, a ball. <laughs> like, yeah, through life. Yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I was like, oh yeah. I was like, that's, that's awesome though. And like I said, just for you, like as the jaded angel, like to have something that starts off as like one thing, but then transformed to something completely like, I don't want to say unrelated, but also related and just bigger in a sense. It's Correct. Yeah. But I'm curious though, what brought you into the business? Uh, okay. So uh, said uh, before I was born in Philadelphia. So um, my dad used to take me to all the local indie shows. Uh, anytime WWF or WCW uh, was coming into town, uh, NWA, um, he would bring me to the hotel after the shows. Like we would go see them civic center and the spectrum, but we, he would take me to the hotel, um, which was the Marriott, I believe at the time at the, uh, at the airport and all the wrestlers stayed there and I'd get my pictures with them. And um, uh, the guy I want to say who influenced my career the most as a kid was a wrestler by the name of DC Drake, because his character was believable because he made me believe in the character. Uh, the dude there wasn't anything really specific about his character in general. They called him the, the mad dog. DC Drake came out with a, a dog collar on spike dog collar and his manager would pull on a chain and he would literally like come at you. Like he's going to like attack you and his manager would be pulling him back. And it just the way he presented himself coming out to the ring. And he came out to bark at a moon uh, from um, Ozzy. Yeah. So it's like you hear bam, 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 and you know, it's like, yo, some guy's going to try to bite my face off right now. And he'd come out and he'd be like snarling and foaming from the mouth and trying to bite you. And he gets in the ring and 
he's calm for a few seconds. And as soon as the bell ring, he's, he's a mad dog again. He's trying to kill his opponent. And it was like, I was so scared as a kid by his presence that it literally like it, it like made me want to do that. I'm like, wow, like that guy can scare me. I want to be able to influence people like that. But I want to do it in a good way. I want to be like Superman and come out, you know, I'm I'm a big Superman, Mark. Uh, I want to come out. I want everybody to think that I'm the one that can save the day. And like, you know, my, my envision when I was a kid was I'm the one that's going to, you know, beat DC Drake and all this stuff. So, you know, my dad bringing me to all these shows and then my dad wrestled as well as uh, my uncle. uh, And, um, I hit 18 years old and uh, January, this uh, past January marks 20 years of me training. Um, I got into, I got into ring. I threw up $3,000 up front, started training. And four months later, they had me in a match. I knew I wasn't ready for They knew I wasn't ready for but it's like, listen, we need somebody, your body can get in there. <laughs> so uh, I went and started training at uh, Les Morgan's uh, Newbies is the name of the wrestling school in um, uh, Elmer, New Jersey, which is close to Vineland. Mm. So that's how that all started. <laughs> that's crazy. And then you said 20 years in the business, right? Yep. 20 years training as of January. And then uh, this coming April would be 20 years in the ring. Wow. And it's not one of those like 20 years where it's like, oh, I wrestled this year like once or twice a match and then I stopped and then came back and did like two matches. Now I'm like once I started wrestling uh, on shows, it was there was a lot of weekends. I wasn't able to do things with school because I, I was a senior in high school at the time. Um, the longest break I had was when I went to uh, basic training because um, I joined the military my senior year and um Unfortunately, my knee wouldn't let me see that through uh, to the fullness that I wanted it to. But uh, um, I was I was still wrestling. I got out of basic training and I got a booking like two weeks later. <laughs> so I started just picked right back up like nothing ever stopped. And um, when I got my uh, my discharge, it was just the same thing. Like I was stationed in Fort Dix. Uh, so we would get our weekend passes and I would go be doing wrestling shows when when I wasn't at the, at the station or at the at for Dick. So, um, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of wrestling in those years. Um, and I, I just wanted to point that out because I know there's a lot of guys that sit there and they'll do, I'm 30, 40 years in the business, but they wrestle once or twice a year. And it's like, are you really though? <laughs> <laughs> and they pull the vet card because they don't want to do bumps and stuff like that. And I get it. Like bumps suck, but like, I mean, I still bump like a, like an idiot. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's crazy. I, and it's, it's wild to hear that because like I just started, uh, you know, like we were saying before the show, like I started in January of last year. Right. And, uh, prior to that, like I was six years active duty Air Force. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, like I, I, I understand, like, <laughs> especially yeah. about, about the journey, like, especially when you get hit, you know, when you hit basic training and then you go through all that. And then, you know, yeah. like wrestling has always been on my mind. And it's always something I want to do. And I went through different phases, like I was saying, but like, it's crazy to like talk to someone that's like, it's almost relatable to the story like me. And then like, yeah, I kind of got lost. Like I just signed me to front. Like I went from like, I left Hawaii. That's where I was stationed. And I went to Massachusetts, okay. then moved to Georgia, then moved to Maryland. And you're just trying to find your place. Yeah. And then like, you know, my, my wife, you know, she works up here in, 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 uh, mm-hmm. in Maryland and 
So we, this is where her career is right now. So we're locked here and I've been here for five years. And I was like, all right, I got to find somebody. And then like it, most random things. Like I met a person who's like a huge wrestling fan who then introduced me to Sicken and, and that's. And then all took off. Yeah. And I was just like, yo, I want to get, I want to do crazy bumps. And then like, I started to realize it's like, I get up on like a top rope and I'm like, yeah, you know, like this, the shooting star press is it's not as cool as I thought it was going to be. Like, it's it's pretty scary. <laughs> I know that I'm feeling, especially getting older. Like, when I was younger, it was like, you know, jumping was was fun. But now, like, being older, I do this uh, a double spring swanton now I, where I stand on the second. And then in one motion, I jump, jump to the third and then jump right off. So it's like I don't have time to register like the okay i need to get my balance if i lose my balance i go shit my face is getting busted (laughs) but like it but yeah but when i stand there on that second rope it's like i know i gotta get to the third and i know i gotta jump to do it it's like ah do i really want to be doing this anymore then a second later i'm on the ground i'm like yeah i guess i do (laughs) and that's the that's the one thing that like sicken has been making fun of me about because he's like he's like dude like you just can't think about it you just have to go for it i'm like yeah, yep. but there's a point at some point where you're like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but you're like, you really want to? <laughs> like, yeah, like, absolutely. He goes, he goes, hey, do a swanton, just crash and burn on the mat. I'm like, is there going to be a crash pad? He's like, no. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and then I do it. And I'm like, oh, that didn't, I was like, I thought it was going to suck, but I was like, hit the ground. I'm like, oh, it doesn't suck as much as I thought it was going to. <laughs> it's that fear process. Like you have to get over that. And that's. Yeah. It's so, tough. It's tough. It's. I, yeah. And I was like, damn, bro. Like, this is, this is terrible. Um, <laughs> but speaking of bumps, like, I'm very curious about like, what's been like one of your worst bumps you've taken? Oh man. Um, uh, I'm, I'm very prone to taking especially a lot earlier in my career, like simple back bumps, I would take them as high up on my shoulders as I can. Mm. Um, so, you know, like somebody giving me a choke slam, instead of landing flat, I try to land on my shoulders so I can get that pop, you know, you know, the whole like, oh my God, he turned him inside out and like just killed him. Um, and with DDTs, I would just try to like, I would spike them and try to take them differently. And, um, not just, not just like a regular spike. I would do like a quarter spike. So my, you know, my head's down here and my feet are kind of like, kind of like you're, like you're going for a dive mm. in the water. You're, you're not completely upside down. You're at like a 45 degree angle. And, uh, so the whole, my, my whole thought was, okay, when I take this certain DDT, cause the guy was like, oh yeah, sell it like, like die, like kill yourself for it. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, so I did a 45 degree angle and the whole premise was I was going to hit and then my head was going to pop up while my feet are still in the air. So make it look like, you know, my face is all busted and shit. Uh, I went to do it and he held on to my head. And so my head went and hit the ground. And as I pulled, like, so like my head had nowhere to go. My head hits the, hits the mat. My body, instead of being at a 45 is now going over and my head, my forehead is still on the mat. Uh. (laughs) So it didn't get the pop that I wanted because he held on to my head um, where, you know, as a, as a worker doing a DDT, you, as soon as you hit, let go of the damn head, like, let me sell for you, bro. <laughs> and, uh, but no, he held on and my body went over. My head was still on the, on the mat. And um, uh, I ended up pinching nerves in my neck and um, 
it was it was the scariest bump that I've taken because my shoulder was stuck up to my ear. And it was like, I like no matter how hard I tried to put my shoulder down, it wouldn't. I would have muscle spasms left and right from my neck down to my shoulder, all the way down my back. And I was lucky because, uh, you know, like a move like that, that, that could paralyze somebody. If, you know, you take a random person on the street and do that, you can, you can, you know, concuss them, you can uh, paralyze them. And, you know, in wrestling, yeah, we have that padding, but like our bodies are still never, ever used to the shit that we take. So doing that scared the crap out of me because it's like, here I am, you know, trying to make this guy look good and he holds on to my head. And now I'm sitting in a hospital, like, am I paralyzed? Like, am I, do I have a broken neck? Like, what's going to happen? Uh, thank God that it was only, like I said, pinched nerves and bad muscle spasms. Uh, I had to take muscle relaxers and Another thing about my personal life, I hate, I hate taking medicine, any pills of any kind. I hate taking them. Um, you know, like when I get headaches, I try to just chill them out and just like fight through them. But um, being forced to take medicine for, for a specific reason, like it really sucks. Um, you get an infection, you got to take antibiotics and all this kind of stuff. So taking muscle relaxers is just, for me, is just a nightmare. <laughs> And uh, because it, it makes you sleepy, it makes your body relax. And it's like, that's the only thing they could do to bring my shoulder down because it's my, my neck was just so pinched that it just would not go down. And uh, thank God that's like probably it, as scary as that bump was, is probably the least amount of time I've ever had to take away from an injury as well. <laughs> so it's like the scariest thing that ever happened to me in wrestling is probably the least amount of time away. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, it's only like two weeks that I wasn't able to do anything because of it. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's... Oh yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. I think about some of that stuff too. Like whenever um, we go, we like practice like DDTs. I'm always like, all right, man, just make sure like you try everything you can to protect yourself at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So aside from like one of your worst bumps, obviously and that what's been the hardest you've ever been hit in a ring oh um this goes back to 2004 uh i was in a tag match it was me and a guy named uh the radical one ralph ray and we were going against uh ricky lane and Braden shocker and at the end of near the end of the match um uh like storyline wise there was this guy named jojo um he was part of the dark carnival and and all this stuff and He's a big, big guy, like 300 and some pounds, uh, a big teddy bear in the locker room, but the dude can hit. And uh, he comes in with a chair and like, I knew it was going to happen. And I set up for it, did the turnaround, got hit with a chair. He hit me so hard that like, I, like, I, I don't know, for a second, I thought I was in space. <laughs> all I saw was white and it was like sparkles all over the place. And uh, I woke up with him picking me up and then giving me a butterfly suplex. I don't even remember standing up for it. <laughs> but yeah, he hit. That was uh, that was probably the hardest I've ever been hit. Uh, and we we replayed that. We replayed that uh, that entire uh, not the match, but that entire like him running in, hit me with a chair a few years later. And I was like, oh my god, am I gonna get knocked out again? As he was swinging the chair, it was much more polite the, the second time around. <laughs> so he didn't take my head off but uh i had the chair for the longest time with a split in it and everything i had him sign it and just like listen i don't know if i'm ever gonna get hit this hard again and i haven't (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man, no, that sounds like it sucks too. <laughs> oh yeah, gosh. oh yeah. If I mean, it's one of those things where like I expected guys to hit me harder throughout the years, but it's like nothing just ever compared to that one specific thing. Damn. Yeah, that's oh, insane. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you know, we kind of like it's funny how like we're like, cruising through and talking about some of the worst. But let's say like after the match, right? Like when you get done after a match, what's that go-to meal that you have to have? Uh, if if it was up to me. 100% anchovy pizza. But uh, a lot of times it's, hey, you know, let's stop at Wawa. If we stop at Wawa, it's a uh, it's it's a hoagie. I'm getting myself an Italian hoagie. I'm putting extra cheese and bacon on that. I'm just going to enjoy it. Uh, if we go out to McDonald's, I'm a Big Mac mark uh, as, well as, a, as well as a filet of fish. So I'll get myself a – I can sit there and eat the fucking bum, bundle meal myself too. <laughs> I don't know if you know the bundle meals. They got the two Big Macs, two burgers, ten fry, uh, two large fry, and the ten piece nuggets. I'll sit there and eat that myself too if I need to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if it was up to me, if it was my go to meal, it'd be uh, it'd be anchovy pizza. Listen, I I'm gonna be honest, man. I can't do anchovies. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's one of those things I learned over the years that uh, you either like somebody in your family introduced it to you, or it's disgusting to you. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. I know because like uh, my mom, my mom is like a huge coconut freak. And uh, <laughs> she like would, I remember just as a kid, she just like forced coconut at me. And oh. like, at the point, it's to the point now where people will come to me. And even though I'm not, people will be like, here, have some coconut. I'm like, I'm allergic to coconut. I, it just <laughs> shuts it all down. I'm like, I don't want to try it. Don't give it to me. I hate it. <laughs> so, so you're not really allergic. You just, no, that's your gimmick. Yeah, I just, it is. It one hundred percent is. I'm like, don't bring it to me. Don't bring it in my direction. Don't even give me like coconut flavored stuff. Like I hate it. Uh, I can't stand it. <laughs> so, aside from like from like the uh, food, but I know like every ring announcer, every commentator, every wrestler, every manager has one of these stories. I'm kind of curious about yours. What's been one of your favorite fan interactions? Oh God, oh, there, there's been a bunch of them. Um, this would probably have to go back to earlier in my career too, because it really like it put the it put the uh, exclamation point on the I'm doing the right thing here with the wrestling. Um, every wrestler struggles at some point with with the whole Am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing this? You know, like the, what I do does it actually matter to anybody besides myself? And it's, it's a tough process we go through because we have to, like, it's not necessarily for anybody but ourselves. We do this because we love it. But at some point, everybody reaches that point where it's like, okay, am I really touching anybody? Is it, am I doing something that matters to anybody else other than me? And uh, I went through that pretty early in my career. Um, and we did this show for, uh, it's like a camp for kids with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Camp Dost uh, in Milford, PA, or New Milford, PA, one of the Milfords. And um, we, we did this show, and then the year later, we, we announced that a year later we were coming back, and, um, and we made like a, sur- a sur- uh, surprise visit like halfway through the year. Uh, but not, not for a wrestling show, but just, you know, to come hang out with the kids and spend some, some time with the kids. And uh, I volunteered for that because it's like, hey, why not? You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's nothing wrong with hanging out with a bunch of kids, especially sick kids, you know, it's like, you know, it it might brighten up their day. So 
we do the first show, everything goes good. Go do the visit, everything goes good. And we're coming up to the second show and I'm out there and I'm getting ready to come out for my match and I come through the entrance way. And at the time, my, my gimmick was straight up, I'm a Philly kid who just loves, loves the fight. And uh, the promotion at the time was World Star Wrestling, uh, ran by Johnny Glitter. And uh, so, like, there wasn't really any direction for me to go. He didn't give us a lot of direction. He said, okay, here's your, like, okay, whatever your gimmick is, you just go out, you just do your gimmick. It's like, I mean, like, okay, help me. But, oh, oh, wow. So I go out there, I'm doing my gimmick. I come out to uh, Butterfly uh from crazy town <laughs> i i actually heard it the other day and i'm like oh my god but uh i come out to it i'm singing along to it like walking like i'm all cool and whatnot and this little girl um she's standing there with a sign it's like draven blaze you're my hero and i'm like oh well that's pretty cool so you know i take it i sign it like right on the spot and i do my match after the match i come back over and she's like draven i got a gift for you so of course i walk over she made a bracelet for me and the bracelet said draven blaze is my hero and uh like she wrote a letter like a three-page letter about how like the first time i wrestled there and came to visit it was like a huge thing for her because somebody other than family and counselors were taking time to spend with her um, because everybody was afraid to be near the sick kid. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, like this little girl, like my, like I wanted to cry for her, but like it mattered to her. Like I gave her my email address. I was like, yeah, you can email me whenever. And I used to go visit her um, even after that. And uh, unfortunately her, her diagnosis was, was terminal. And uh, you know, there was a uh, email I got maybe about a year and a half after the whole bracelet thing saying that she was not going to be coming to any more shows or any, she won't be answering any more emails. And it broke my heart because I knew what that meant. Um, they didn't say it, but it's one of those things. It's, it's a wake up call. It's like, okay, well, this, this is a definite thing. It happened. You know, you're always going to have hope that something changes, but it was still like very meaningful to me because here's a girl who as a child, she knows she knows she's dying. And she's going to take time out of her day and to make me a bracelet and a sign and write me a letter about how much like I'm her hero because of spending time with her. And I don't think that like, I don't think there's anything that can change that. I don't think there's any interaction that somebody can give me that can change that. Like the same thing can happen, but it won't replace that because that's the first time that's ever happened to me. Um, I've had regular fans say that they're my, I'm their hero or I'm their favorite wrestler and this and that. You're going to hear that throughout the years. But for someone to write a three-page letter, a kid that's dying of cancer, to write that and, you know, take their time out of their, you know, they're, they're sick, they're rehabbing, they're me- medicated, they're trying to be comfortable. And, uh, you know, she knows what's going on in her life. And it's, she took that time out to really reach out to me and it meant a lot to me and it, it, it always will. No, that's awesome. That's a powerful story too, man. Like, thank it's, you for sharing. Yeah. It's a, it's a heavy one. <laughs> it's a heavy one. No, that is, that is. So kind of transitions from like interactions. I'm just very curious about you seeing that you've been in the business for 20 years, as you've mentioned, I'm very curious, like what advice would you give to up and coming wrestlers? Uh, the biggest thing is 
is something that you you learn early on. Keep your ears and eyes open, your mouth shut. Um, the more you speak, the more of a chance you have to stick in your foot in your mouth. Um, someone's giving you advice, nod, yes. It could be good advice, it could be bad advice. Just take it. Not all advice is good. Um, you know, you get advice from me, I could be telling you something that might not fit your character, might not fit your your gimmick, it might not fit your wrestling style. Um, it might fit mine, it might fit somebody else's, but it might not exactly fit yours. So whatever advice I give you might not be the advice to take for you specifically. Um, also, enjoy every damn minute of this because like, it could be taken at any time. You never know when one injury could set you aside for a few weeks, a few months, a few years, forever. You know, uh, I've, I've seen injuries. Uh, I've, I've seen I've, – thankfully, I've never seen anybody, anybody die in the ring. But I've seen close to it. I've seen people lose so much blood that they had to get transfusions. I've seen, uh, and I, what I mean by seen is like, oh, well, I was at the same show, but I wasn't, I was, you know, I already left or, you know, I, I've seen this. I witnessed this because I watch and, um, and it just, it's scary stuff and stuff can be taken. So don't take it for granted. Um, and the next biggest advice I can give, and uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Jericho preaches this. Um, ego kills talent. If you're the best wrestler out there, try to be better. Always practice, always learn, always, uh, always train. Uh, you're never going to know everything there is about wrestling. Always train, always train, always train, no matter what level of professional wrestling you are, always train. Uh, the day you stop training is the day you should die, honestly, or the day you retire. Um, you're never done paying your dues. So just keep on like, Keep, keep that in, in your mind um, that your ego can literally kill any talent you got. You could be the best damn wrestler in the world, but if you got the ego, nobody's going to like you. You know, you might get signed, but you're going to have that, that heat with somebody. You, like, I'd rather be one of those guys that has as little to no heat and be mediocre in the ring than be super talented in the ring and have heat with everybody. Um, no, that's great advice. (laughs) I think I've heard, I I think I've heard Jericho say it a few times on his podcast, like just that, yeah, ego kills talent. And I, yeah, thank you for reiterating that to us too. Oh, no problem. No problem. So that is it for all of our hard hitting questions. All right. I like to call it that, but we do have the best segment on this show, which is called the three count podcast, 10 count questions. Here's how it works. We're going to fire off 10 questions at you. It's whatever first thought comes to mind. (laughs) So we will put on the imaginary timer. Bing. And here (laughs) we go. Smackdown or Raw? Raw. Favorite TV show? Smallville. Batman or Superman? Superman. (laughs) I knew as soon as you said I was like, all right, this question's shot, but I'm going to ask it anyway. All right. Favorite 80s rock band? Uh, uh, Guns Roses. Hey, Friday night. What you doing? Eating pizza <laughs> or wrestling. <laughs> Those are both fun, though. Let's be real. Yes. <laughs> Favorite color? Blue. Um, like a cerulean blue, like a bright blue. Okay, cool, cool. Sonic or Mario? Oh, I've, I, I'll go with Sonic. Yeah. 
Uh, favorite podcast? Uh, obviously, three count. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nominate one person you would like to see on this show. Uh, oh, boy. Just one. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, oh, boy. Uh, you know what? My girlfriend, Riley Crow. Good luck. <laughs> she hates talking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's fine. And last but not least, my favorite question asked every single person who comes on this show, favorite curse word. Fuck. Yeah, that's I nice. use it. I use it like the word the. <laughs> yeah. It I, just pops out. Yeah, it's it's such a versatile word. You can use that it for is. everything. It is. Uh, that douche and, and twat. Like I like I don't use douche and twat a lot, but like you know, you got twat waffle. You know, you got douche canoe. You, you get just they're very interchangeable. Yeah, versatile, yeah. versatility. But definitely, definitely. Just, fuck, fuck is the best curse word. Oh yeah, you just definitely need, you definitely need something that you can just insert everywhere into everyone. Fuck is it? Yes. Yep. You can even put it in words. That's what I love about that word. Absolutely, you could. Absolutely. <laughs> That's in fucking credible. Yes, it fucking is. <laughs> All right. So that is it for the 10 count questions. All I need from you is to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Well, they can find me on TikTok. Um, I believe my TikTok name is under my my shoot name, uh, Chuck Durning. Um, I'm on Twitter at Draven Blaze. I'm on Instagram at uh Draven underscore Blaze. Uh Facebook, hit me up, just uh Search Draven Blaze. It's the ugliest smug on there. Um, you can find me on on YouTube. I don't have a channel yet. I don't think, uh, but I want to start doing a like a video cast type thing where I'm hanging out with somebody and talk about the their career and stuff. Uh, but yeah, you can you can type me in uh, type in Draven Blaze on YouTube. You see a bunch of videos. Same thing with Google. There's a bunch of pictures and information there. And uh, ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, type in Draven Blaze. Or the Jaded Angel Draven Blaze, and you'll see uh, my my uh, my shirts. Um, I'm pretty sure that's it. Google's a big one. <laughs> yeah. you, can find- you can find all my stuff on Google. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. Right. Well, that is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring, and I am your host, the Guns Again, Clifford Red Dog Miller. And like I said, this is Now Entering the Ring with the Jaded Angel. Draven Blaze. And so you guys know what to do. Check out the next episode and be there, or you already know. Just be there. There's nowhere else to be. It's the greatest show ever. Bye. (laughs) What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the three count underscore pod. Give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like, give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the Three Count Podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the Three Count Podcast also has merchandise. Oh! At ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Three Count Pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So, show some support, please.